Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood, hosted by Jean Natali, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Watching Trees Grow is here to help Gen Z plant the seed for a sustainable and stable financial future. If you'd like to discover more from Troutwood, our speaker series is designed to work side-by-side with the Troutwood suite of investment, educational, and financial planning tools. Please visit troutwood.com to learn more. Now, here's Jean Natali. Welcome to Troutwood Live, episode eight. Gene with Troutwood. Every company and every person has a story. We can learn a lot by listening to those stories. For anyone joining us for the first time, each week we host a guest from a company in the S&P 500. Students in classrooms from across the country research both the company and our guest. Each week I learn something and I'm confident that will be uh, the case again today. Uh, today's presentation is very important. It's titled Banking Basics and Overcoming Adversity. Our guest hails from Pittsburgh, as does the company she works for, PNC Financial Services. Jen Derora, welcome to Travel With Live. Great, happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, Jen, I, I opened my first bank account at PNC at the age of 16. Uh, can I begin by asking what age you opened your first bank account? 16, and I also opened that first bank account at PNC. It's a, a small world sometimes. Uh, I know from talking beforehand, um, Jeff Davidek, our chief strategist at, at Troutwood, he beat both of us. He opened his bank account for our student audience at the age of nine. So I'll I'll challenge any students who can beat that age in our chat box. That's great. Jen, before we dive in, uh, could you share a quick background on yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm really happy to be here. And um, like Jean mentioned, right now I work at PNC Bank. I joined the company in the spring of 2019, but before that I didn't have any banking experience. So something that I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but I grew up in Pittsburgh and I went to Allegheny College in Meadville, Pennsylvania, and I still volunteer for um, Allegheny now. And I live in Squirrel Hill, Pennsylvania with my husband and my rescue dog, Finn. So if it's okay, I can introduce Finn to you all now. I think we would love to meet Finn. This is Finnegan James, and he is 11, and he is our rescue dog. Hi, say, say hi, Finn. What Sorry. a beautiful, beautiful dog. Hi, Finn. He's 90 pounds, so he's a little heavy, but he's uh, he's happy to say hello to everyone. Uh, what a treat. And well, to our student audience, I'll ask the question, does anyone have a dog as well and want to share their name in our chat box? Uh, Jen, what a small tangent before we dive into things. You and I both went to Allegheny College. Um, we did not know each other while at school, but because of that involvement that occurs afterwards, we've had the opportunity to meet each other since. Yeah, which is great. And I think one of the fun things, too, about and we'll talk about building your network later is I've never met anyone from Allegheny or really anywhere else that if you didn't get to know them, that they wouldn't be willing to help you on something. And so I think that's an important thing um, for all the students to keep in mind. And networking starts at such an early age now as well. Students um, with technology and the skills that they're learning in the classroom. We are going to very quickly dive into Jen's presentation today, um, as is our, our, our format. We are going to very quickly jump to the Troutwood map, a live audience or those watching the recording. Uh, feel free to join us or to try to get to PNC's headquarters before I do. My head start window gets shorter and shorter each week. 
this is a, a fun fact that just being a Pittsburgh resident, I'm extremely proud of. Uh, Finn's fun fact for PNC is that more than $72 million was invested in communities uh, through the PNC Foundation. What a testament. And to students looking to learn more, uh, the PNC fact sheet with information uh, on the company in recent news. Without further ado, we are going to dive into Jen's presentation. This is an excellent presentation. I'm going to be monitoring our live chat. We've had a, a fair number of questions submitted beforehand, Jen, just in full disclosure, uh, as I think um, a testament to the importance of this topic. Jen, take it away. Okay, great. All right. Um, well, thanks again for having me. Really excited to be here. And I wanted to really talk through and share with you two important topics. Um, banking basics, which we'll get to, obviously, but also I wanted to talk a little bit about overcoming adversity, because I know that this year and last year have been really difficult for a lot of students and educators and their families. And I thought it would be a good topic to talk through, you know, how we can manage through that diversity and then come out even stronger. So what I wanted to share with you is before I started working for PNC Bank, I actually worked for my family's business in Pittsburgh. And we had a company that was started by my grandfather all the way back in 1946, if you can imagine. That is a long time ago. And my grandfather's name was Elwood, and he started a small grocery store in Baldwin, and he didn't have any business education at all, but he became an entrepreneur. And I think that's really important because it really shows that if you have a great idea and you can um, help meet a need in your community, you really can strive and, and do really do anything you put your mind to. So over the years, I'm, I'm not going to say that Elwood was successful all the time, but he built a very strong business that helped um, support his family. And eventually it grew and grew to three stores in Pittsburgh. And my mother and my aunts worked and many of my cousins. Um, at our largest, we actually had three locations and over 125 employees. And we wow. were doing multi-million dollar business every year. Jen, it started with, so it started with one person and grew to 125 employees. Yes. And we had employees that worked with our company for over 40 years. So it wasn't just a place where you would work for a short time and move on. Everyone that worked with us was really part of the family. Can I ask where in Pittsburgh was the market or the first market? The first one was in Baldwin, PA. So a suburb right outside of the city of Pittsburgh. And then it grew slowly. Um, in the 70s, we opened up a location in Monroeville, which is east of the city. And then in 2008, actually, the week that the stock market crashed, we opened up a third location in Cranberry Township, which is north of the city. I, I, I don't want to steal from maybe the future of your presentation, but can I ask what the emotion was opening a third location right in the midst of the financial crisis? Well, we were, of course, elated. And that's the third location in the, in the picture with the tent there and had worked really hard to open up that location. And then as much planning as you can do for your business, sometimes unforeseen things happen. We didn't expect that stock market crash to happen. And then it really had a, a really difficult um, impact in our business that we had to quickly pivot and make changes to be able to keep going. So it was an unfortunate timing, <laughs> I would say that, but we, definitely a lot of learnings. That is such an important message. When I engage in, in classrooms, I feel that there's a pressure for students to you know, be perfect, to, to know what's going to happen next, even when they haven't taken that step. Overcoming adversity, what an important topic. Yeah. And I want to get to a little bit of the ad adversity piece. Um, unfortunately, in 2018, we had to make the decision to close the company. 
And it was very, very difficult. And you can see in this picture um, on the far left, there's you know, my mom and my aunts and then my grandmother who a lot of the things we sold in the store were her recipes, some of the fresh produce that we sold. And then you know, my grandfather again, um, but we were in business for 71 years, which is really remarkable if you think about it. So while it wasn't the outcome we had hoped, we would of course want to keep going. We're really proud of what we were able to accomplish and what we were able to achieve you know, in Pittsburgh and the way that we were able to set our employees up for success as they moved on to their next journey. That's a great story. Yeah. And so one of the ways that I thought would be important to think about, again, because we all um, manage through stress or we might have unforeseen things that happened. Like I certainly didn't want to have to go through and help close my family business. I would rather that we would have been able to continue. But we once we made that decision, it was important to think about you know, how can I get through this adversity? And so maybe some of the students on this presentation might be thinking, you know, they might be dealing with stressors of themselves or thinking, how do I get through this very difficult time? And so some things I would share with you um, would be to connect with your support system often. And that could be maybe your family members or loved ones. It could be your friends, uh, maybe a teacher, or it could be a professional counselor. And I just want to share with everyone, I did engage with a professional counselor for several months because, you know, managing through the closing of the business was very difficult and it was very sad and it was painful. And I really needed that help of, um, of someone to help me talk through, you know, all of the feelings that I was having and, and help me manage through those so that I could, um, you know, get to that other side of that difficult time. Another thing that I got to do was to think creatively about my skill set. A lot of times when the thing that we love the most is, is suddenly taken away, we think, gosh, I can never do anything else. And maybe that applies to a sport you play or maybe if you're in the arts, but we can think creatively about our skill set and how we can actually transfer those skills into new opportunities. And then the next piece is really thinking about our network. And, and you might be thinking, well, gosh, I don't have a network. Like, I don't, I don't have that, but we all have a network. It's the people that we know and the people that they know. And again, I've, I've never encountered a situation where if I didn't ask someone for help so that I could learn about something new or ask for an introduction to someone that might um, know more about an area I was interested in pursuing, I've never had anyone tell me no, no, they wouldn't help. And so it doesn't matter what age you are, you can start to build that network and start to learn new things and meet new people. And I would also share to be open to new ideas and adventures. I never thought that I would become um, someone who worked at a financial institution or a bank. When I was looking to switch my career, I was looking at all kinds of opportunities and nonprofits and different types of businesses. I did some consulting, but it was really wonderful to find a place um, where I landed at PNC, where now I'm actually helping to support other small businesses so I can really give back to the community that I care a lot about. Yeah, and this is what a great example. But Jen, you might have turn my, uh, my speaker off on yours there. Uh, when I look, oh, actually, Jen, you could go and said, oh, there we go. We lost the echo. Sorry there. Um, with students, the adversity, I see it firsthand um, at, at all ages, elementary, middle school, high school, college, test scores, the pressure to get that good score the college application process, the pressure to get into that right college, the job search process. My friends are getting jobs. I haven't. Sports. These are five terrific bullet points 
And by having the conversation now, students can hopefully take some of that pressure off of their own shoulders through your story. Yeah, I hope so, because again, it might feel like um, you won't ever get there or you might feel that pressure, that weight of trying to achieve your goals. But I think just put one foot in front of the other and then also, you know, fall back and regroup often because success is not a, a straight line. There's a lot of pathways there and there's uh, so much learning that can happen from making mistakes and it's all beneficial and valuable. So I did want to share with you. So now I work, like I said, at PNC Bank at the Tower downtown, which is an amazing building. Um, I, I work on one of the taller floors, so I have a great view of downtown Pittsburgh. And we have a really wonderful thing about our building that it's a green building. And here you can see I'm standing in this catwalk. So I'm actually standing in between the office and the outer glass of the building and different times of day um, windows, certain windows will open up and fresh air will come in. And the building is kind of almost alive. It, it really reacts to how many people are in the building and the water that we're using. And it's very focused on how we can reduce energy and be better stewards of the environment. So this picture was taken very high up. I, I'm not afraid of heights, but it was a little unnerving to be that high up in the sky, but a really great opportunity to work. Um, it's such an incredible building downtown. Well, now maybe I've been in that building and you're it is magnificent. If not, it's an immaculate building, uh, I encourage students if they're ever downtown just to, to look up at it. What floor you said a high floor. What floor do you work on as I look at that picture? I'm on the 25th floor, but there's 30 some floors. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a great picture. Well, it's a time maybe to think about going through some of our business, um, our, excuse me, our banking basics. I think it'd be a, a good time to, to transition to that. Um, and what I thought I might start out with is some myth busters, because I know we've all heard, you know, crazy stories about, you know, what things we can and cannot do when we think about um, banking. And so I, I picked a couple up and I wanted to share them with you. So the first myth I wanted to just bust is that you can't open up a checking account if you're under 18. And Gene said he opened up his first checking account at 16 and so did I. And it is true that you would most likely need um, a parent or caregiver to open up the account with you if you're under 18. But I would definitely encourage you to go ahead and open up that account. And I actually have something to show you here. It's my first um, passbook savings account from when I did open up an account um, actually with my grandparents. And so it was a way for me to save money um, even as a person who was under 18. So your age does not stop you from opening up a bank account. Next, you might've heard, well, gosh, like I don't really even make enough money to, to, to need a bank account. And I would say that regardless of um, your job or maybe you babysit or you might make money from shoveling snow in your neighborhood, you definitely need a bank account because it's a, it's a great place to house your money versus just having cash that you might lose your cash, you might misplace it, um, something might happen. And then you know it's all in one place for you um, at the bank. And then also you can take advantage of some great digital tools that we'll talk about soon. Everyone should have their, bank, their own bank account. I thought this one was a really fun one. Banks charge you every time you visit a branch. And that's not true. Um, the branches are there for you to go and to visit and you can deposit money at a branch. You can remove money from your bank account at a branch. You could use a branch to open up an account or even go there if you have questions that you might wanna talk with someone about 
what your options might be. Um, but if you just go into the bank to talk with someone or to make a transaction, you definitely are not charged um, for those activities. So this is a great, a great myth. There's no banks in my neighborhood, so I can't open up a banking account. Well, if there's no branches in your in your neighborhood, that's okay because now many, many banks offer the opportunity to open an account online. And so as long as you have a computer or even access to your cell phone, a lot of banks will give you the opportunity to open that checking account right online. You don't even have to go into the branch to do that. What you'll do is you'll go through the entire process um, over the internet and then you'll be mailed some information to your home. And then I thought the last kind of fun myth buster, and this one's maybe like a trick question. Um, banks will charge you for taking money out of an ATM. And this could be true because um, we know, depending on which bank you choose to bank with, um, they have um, ATMs that they work with. And if you take money out of those ATMs, um, you won't be charged. Sometimes there are partner ATMs where many, many banks use the same network. And so oftentimes you can use those ATMs safely and not get charged. But from time to time, you might encounter like a private ATM and there will be a disclosure on the screen that would say, if you proceed with this transaction, you'll most likely get charged a fee. Sometimes it might be a dollar or 50, it could be three up to $3. And then sometimes your bank might charge you too. So it's important to have awareness about what type of ATMs you are using to withdraw money. Um, but depending on where you live and, and which bank you choose, um, there are more and more available ATMs than ever before. And again, you can use the ATM not just to withdraw money, but you can also make deposits of cash or check using the ATM. So those were some of my favorite myths that I thought would be fun to bust here today. Jen, thank you. Those are those are very, um, I don't want to interrupt your presentation. We have some questions, but do you want to keep going or should we yeah, pause sure. for some questions? Yeah, I, I'll go through this um, next piece because perhaps some of those questions could be answered or if there might be new ones. Excellent. So I wanted to talk through just some basic banking essentials. Again, I believe that everyone should have a banking account, no matter how much money you make or how young you are. It's really important to get started um, and choose a financial institution um, that you think would be a good partner for you. So open up a checking and a savings account. So if you are under 18, you might need help of a parent or guardian and you can apply in person or online. And the reason I think you need both is that you use your checking account for your everyday spending. So maybe you would use that, um, the money that would be in your checking account if you needed or wanted to order a pizza, or if you were buying something that you might need for school. But you use your savings um, to put money to, uh, to work towards a long-term goal. So when I was younger, one of the things I had to do was I had to contribute to um, my school clothes every year, especially if I wanted something that was like trendy. And so I would put money away from my summer job and then I would use that money that was in my savings account to help buy the things that I thought I needed um, for school. And so um, it's important that you have both accounts because one helps you plan for your long-term goals. And then the other, the checking account is really that, that account that you would use for your day-to-day -day purchases. The next thing I want to say is take advantage of digital tools. As I mentioned, when I was younger, like this is what I had. I had a, a passport savings that was paper and I had to make sure I had that on me. Now, you know, I do most of my banking like right from my phone. We have mobile applications that you can use or you can log into online banking. 
and you can view your balances. You can actually pay bills right from your phone or right from your online banking. So for so if you had to pay your cell phone bill, as an example, you could do that right online. Um, you could know how much money's in, in your checking account um, to plan for purchases that you might need to be taking. But then most importantly, right online, you can transfer money from your checking account to your savings account. And so that's one thing that I do every month. I have a set amount where I automatically schedule a transfer from my checking account to my savings account every month. So I know I'm definitely putting money aside for some of those bigger purchases that I would want to have um, for the future or just to kind of save up for like an emergency. And then the other fun thing you can do if you do use um, a cell phone for your banking, you can actually deposit checks using your phone right now um, for many banks, not all banks, certainly, but a lot of them. So maybe, you know, for your birthday, your grandmother or an aunt or someone gave you like a check, um, you can actually deposit it right from your phone now, which is a really great convenience. So I think it's especially important for young people because, you know, you're so digitally savvy to take advantage of those digital tools um, for your banking. And then I would also say taking advantage of direct deposit is really critical. So when you do have a job with an outside employer, if you think about it, um, sometimes you might get paid every two weeks or maybe once a month. If you have direct deposit, your money will be transferred automatically to your bank account at midnight on payday, which is amazing. Because if you don't, you would have to, maybe you worked at a grocery store like my family's business, you would have to then come into the store, hope a manager was there to go in the safe and get your paycheck, and then you'd have to deposit it at a bank. And then sometimes it would take one or two days for that money to actually be um, accredited to your account. But if you have direct deposit, that money goes in automatically, and it's usually there by, by midnight, the day of payday. So you have access to your funds sooner than people who don't take advantage of direct deposit. And then lastly, I would say, again, create a plan to move money into your savings account automatically each month. And so one thing you might start with is maybe you set aside five or $10 a month from the monies that you are earning through, you know, maybe um, your activities, if you're a baby babysitting, or like I said, shoveling snow <laughs> during the winter, anything that you have or your job. If you set that aside that money every month and make it automatic, you'll be shocked with how fast your, your savings account will grow and how quickly you'll be able to maybe purchase something um, that you're looking forward to. And that's the conclusion of my presentation. Uh, uh, yeah, excellent. Um, when the, the, so we have a question from the YouTube chat I wanna throw out that's a fun one before we dive into some of our, our pre-submitted questions. Is there a bank vault in every PNC bank like in the movies? Well, there's something similar. It wouldn't necessarily be a giant vault with a giant wheel, but there is a place where all monies are kept secure um, in every place where cash is held. And I'm going to, so we're going to go into some, some very good questions based on everything you just said. And our first is from Anae. Anae is a fourth grader asking, how long would it take me to open a bank account? Well, it should happen relatively quickly. So if you decided to go to a branch with a caregiver, um, all you would need is to go with that individual and they would have their license with them and you would fill out some paperwork and you would open up that account really that day. It might take um, as little as 30 minutes or it could take maybe an hour. And the same thing, if you decided to open your account online, you would be able to have access to that account immediately 
However, you would still have to fund that account separately and it would, you would take, you'd have to wait until your debit card arrived in your mail. So it's really, really quick and easy. And, and Jennifer, for the students that are under 18, their mom, their dad, their guardian would need to be beside them for that process. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it okay if maybe I'm keeping my money in a, a piggy bank that I just take my piggy bank to the bank? Yep. Anything you have. You can you can bring it coins, um, dollar bills, a check, anything, anything would work. That leads into our next question from Herman. Herman is the youngest grade level. We've seen a question populated from a first grader asking, is there a minimum amount to open my checking account? That's a great question. And I would say that most banks would have a minimum amount of about twenty five dollars. So if you're not there yet, I would say keep saving up until you get to that $25 mark for um, an account for a young person. Or maybe you could ask for a little bit of help if you have a birthday or some kind of celebration coming up and tell people I'm thinking about opening up a checking account and maybe instead of a new set of Legos or something, you would get some money for your checking account. And Herman, maybe some chores around the house uh, yeah. always help too. That's true. We have a question from Pratt Touche, uh, who's a fifth grader, asking, is it better to have a savings account or an investing account, a stock market? So, Jen, maybe we just, what the difference between savings and investing is. I think that's a common, um, maybe misconception that if I open a savings account, it's the same thing as if I open an investing account. They're two different things. Is that a, a fair summary? Right. And I think, you know, the savings account, I use my savings account for more short term things that I need to purchase. But my investment account is something that I use for more long term that I would be saving for retirement. So they're different vehicles and that they operate differently. Um, and, you know, eventually you would want to have both. But I would start with the savings account when I was just getting started. Yeah. Pratt Touche, that's an excellent question. Um, our, another question from Vive Shen can we as individuals invest in PNC? And that's a that's a fifth grade question. That's a great question. And I and as far as the um, as far as I know, any individual can purchase stock um, for any company that is publicly traded. Um, just doing that, probably you'd have to do it with your parent or guardian because of your age, I would imagine. But it would be a great activity to research companies that you're interested in and then make a plan for how you might purchase that stock. No. Jen, what, so if, if I open a banking account, if I'm, I'm so inspired by this episode and I say, mom, dad, let's go open a bank account. What does the bank do with my money? Where does my money go after I take my piggy bank and put it on the desk? That's a great question because I think some people might think, oh, the bank takes my money and uses it for other things. And your money that you deposit in your bank account will always be there and available for you because there is actually, um, a regulation where it's guaranteed that it's there for you up to certain amounts. And so what happens is that all the all of the monies are, are collected um, and they could be used to um, you for other purposes, but you will always have access to your funds. Um, they will always be there for you. No one at the bank would be able to misappropriate your funds and use them for um, something that would not give you access to them. That's a really important conversation. The statistics show roughly 25% of Americans are unbanked, which means they don't have an account, or underbanked. They feel uninformed or maybe that they're not prepared to take this step. What advice would you give to that, that population that maybe is nervous about taking that step to open a bank account? 
Well, I think one of the great things that have happened now that we have mostly have access to the internet is that there's a lot of good information on every bank uh, bank's website with information and tutorials about banking and how to get started. But it's really important that we all have a bank account because sometimes um, companies or businesses that you might be wanting to purchase things from, they might not accept cash anymore. Or also, I think just for safety and knowing that um, you have access to the monies that you need at any moment in time through your debit through, through your debit card. So if you don't have a bank account, um, if you fall into that category, I would start doing research and find the bank that you would like to work with and then get that account opened. Jen, this throughout your presentation, a, a, a very interesting circle was formed. You began working at a small business. I could sense the pride in your voice as you were sharing that story. Face some adversity and, and it took you a new path. But your new path, you had mentioned that you work with small businesses. So it sounds like you were able to continue that passion of the small business side of, of your lifestyle. Yes. And so one of the things I do now is the, the group I work with is trying to think about how we can improve the experience for small business owners. Because if you think about small business owners, they're really good at their business. So maybe it's they're really good at having a bakery or they're really good at having um, a car wash or a landscaping business or a manufacturing company. And sometimes when it comes to knowing how to navigate the banking system or what tools to use, it can be frustrating because they're really good at running their business. And so my group helps make that easier. And it just so happens that I know what business owners are thinking about. And so I can provide great insights there. Are you able to share any insight to what a typical day in Jen's life looks like? I show up, I look at this beautiful PNC tower. What happens next? Well, there's always a lot of great meetings to um, work with different partners across the bank because we want to be uh, more holistic and not very siloed. So making sure that we understand what other groups are working towards and most, most importantly throughout every day, it's about putting our customers first. Um, one of the things that I work through now is, like I mentioned, trying to improve those experiences for our business owners. And so often that that takes a lot of different types of work, whether it's communications out with stakeholders, research, there's a lot of different parts and pieces to that until we get to actually, you know, deploy that improvement to our customer. That, that you said something very important, Jen, and we hear from a lot of future entrepreneurs, business, put your customer first. Mm -hmm. That is a cardinal rule in business. One of the questions that we get a lot as well is uh, small businesses, number of small businesses an organization works with, uh, I would speculate that that number is probably almost impossible to quantify for PNC. Uh, well, I think I did looked at some data from the SBA, um, and there there are millions of small businesses um, across the country, and it could be anything from a food truck to you know all the way up to the manufacturing company that makes your favorite bike shorts. And so it, the great thing is, is that most of the businesses in America are small businesses that are doing things in our neighborhoods. And that's why it's really, really important that we take time out to support those local businesses when we can, whether it's a coffee shop or maybe it is the bike store. Um, it's really important that we get out in the community and help support those businesses. And great. And we saw your question come across on what advice would you give people on opening a bank account? Jen, I would say just do it. I don't know just if you would add anything. Mm -hmm. Get started. Yeah. There you go. Great. Just do it. Jen, a final question as we hit about just about the end of our time here. If, if I want to join you, if I want to one day work with Jen, or if I'm inspired to explore the careers on 
PNC's website, do I have to major in finance? Is that the only way I can one day get a job at a company like PNC? Absolutely not. I mean, I happen to major in economics, so it's a little closer to finance, but now many of the banks are, are just as much of a technology company as they are a bank because of the way that we are doing things online and with mobile technologies and for security, et cetera. So you can have any number of majors and be successful at um, many banks. There are positions in communications and marketing and technology, coding. It's really wonderful because there's a, a wide variety of ways for people to get involved regardless of um, their educational background. Students and educators, I just heard Jen rattle off half a dozen possible areas of study uh, mm -hmm. and the topic of adversity ties in really well there. So be open-minded. Um, Jen, I, I'd like to give you, given the, the audience we have here, young minds across the country, what wisdom, what kind of parting ways, if you were to share a single piece of advice for you know a student-based audience? Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about just opening that bank account. So that's a number one, but eight, but number two is to pay yourself first and to think about setting that money aside. Again, it could be $5 a month, $10 a month, but put that money aside for you so that you can feel really great about when it's time to make an important purchase or save up for school that you'll have that money ready for you. And you'll be really proud that you did it. Students, educators, uh, fireworks. That is great advice. If you pay yourself first, if you save first, um, that will reduce something called financial stress. Yeah. Jen, on behalf of everyone watching, on behalf of Troutwood, thank you so much uh, to everyone tuning in. Thank you for watching Troutwood Live. Thank you for participating. Thank you. You've been listening to Watching Trees Grow, presented by Troutwood. Don't forget to subscribe both to our podcast and our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in learning more about Troutwood, please visit us at troutwood.com or follow us on social media. A special thank you to our guests today and our host, Jean Natale. Our producers are Jeff Davidek, Maggie Mayer, and me, Kristen Malone. This podcast is not intended to provide legal, investment, or tax advice on any of the topics we've covered. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on another great episode of Watching Trees Grow.